0: From Miami Law, I'm Ened Ugez, and this is The Explainer.
1: Well, and this is a, a giant, massive, epic proportion fraud, uh, this collapse of FTX and, and Alameda. And the reason in this case that this wasn't detected sooner is because of the almost total absence of regulatory
0: oversight welcome back to the miami law explainer the legal affairs podcast where miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines sam bankman fried the founder and ceo of the cryptocurrency exchange ftx is on trial for fraud following the company's high profile collapse in 2022 Investor Rights Clinic Director Scott Eichhorn handicaps SBF's legal peril. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview.
1: Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Catherine. Nice to see you. Nice to see you again, too. So how
2: did Sam Bankman-Fried climb
1: to the top of this crypto pile? Right. So and uh, the reason that we're talking about Sam Bankman-Fried or SBF, as he's sometimes known in the the crypto industry today, uh, is that we're in week three of the criminal trial uh, against him and this is all related to his role in the collapse of a cryptocurrency exchange called FTX which was the third largest cryptocurrency exchange before it declared bankruptcy in November 2022. So just to go back uh, to the history a little bit here of how we got to that point, in November 2022, Sam Bankman-Fried in 2017, he founded a trading firm called Alameda Research. Okay, So this was before FTX was ever founded. What Alameda Research did was it engaged in trading cryptocurrency in using an arbitrage strategy. So basically, they were buying Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in one market. And then in another country's market, they were selling them. When the prices were a fraction of a penny, maybe different, but running billions of trades like that, they were making a lot of money. Okay. So, Alameda Research was doing really well with this cryptocurrency arbitrage strategy. And Sam Bankman Fried came up with this idea why not open a cryptocurrency exchange to further fund the activities of Alameda Research? So, he did that with a few others who were co-founders in 2019. And that's when FTX started doing business. And by 2021, they were generating about a billion dollars a year in revenue from fees charged to customers trading on the exchange that was also used to fund the activities of Alameda Research.
2: Got it. So... Kind of where and when did the FTX pile start
1: rotting, smelling? Well, that depends on whether you were an insider at, at FTX mm-hmm. or whether you were anyone else in the general public. The general public became aware of issues with FTX and Alameda research in uh, November of 2022, Okay, just before the firm went bankrupt. So things collapsed really quickly after a website called Coindesk published an article about Alameda Research holding a lot of the crypto token that was created by FDX, which was a very illiquid asset. Okay, They were using that illiquid asset to collateralize billions of dollars in loans and The price of cryptocurrency in the second half of 2022 was rapidly plummeting. And this article raised a lot of concerns about whether Alameda would be able to make good on its loans, given the kinds of assets it held on its books.
2: So kind of the dumb money game stock scenario where some news goes out and kind of everything.
1: Yes, this did lead to uh, a a rush of FTX customers because of the the link between Alameda and FTX Mm -hmm. uh, to start withdrawing money from FTX. And so much money was being withdrawn from FTX that FTX had to freeze withdrawals because it no longer had the funds to meet these customer demands for their money, which essentially made the company bankrupt run on the bank. Correct.
2: Okay. Um, So things are looking worse by the day for the once king of crypto. Did he like fly too close to the sun? Is it just we hate billionaires? Or did he do a lot of super shady stuff, like buy a lot of stuff with other people's money?
1: So I think it's a little bit of each of those. And I think he got way ahead of himself. Uh, There was a lot of success very, very quickly. and. I think that it got to the point where he thought there would be an endless amount of of revenue that he could use to fund other investments. And we should say that the big problem with the relationship between FTX and Alameda was that there was a secret part of the code that operated the FTX cryptocurrency exchange that allowed Alameda Research to tap into customer funds that were held at FTX and use that for its own trading. So that's where things got a little complicated between FTX and Alameda. And that's why the news about Alameda caused a run of withdrawals uh, from FTX.
2: Meow, right? So why does it seem to take so long for like these no good nicks to get snagged in the government snare? I'm thinking of like Bernie Madoff, Michael Milken, that pharma dude who bought Wu-Tang. Or do we only hear about them when they're these like giant Icarus kind of people?
1: Well, this is a, a, a giant, massive, epic proportion fraud. Uh, this collapse of FTX and and Alameda. Mm -hmm. And the reason in this case that this wasn't detected sooner is because of the almost total absence of regulatory oversight of cryptocurrency. And if there had been regulatory oversight by one of the financial market regulators, I think it would have been very difficult, if not impossible, For FTX to get away with some of the wrongdoing that it engaged in,
2: or at least have been caught a lot, had its wings clipped. If we're sticking with the (laughs) the Icarus metaphor, uh, clipped much earlier.
1: That that that's correct. If if there had been uh, required regulatory filings, if there had been uh, regulatory investigations, if there had been audits by the public company oversight accounting board. Uh, which there was not because FTX was a private company, there would have been indications that something was a foul before it got to the point where uh, FTX owed its own customers $8 billion that it didn't have. Ouch.
2: So I kind of feel like we've been hearing this Wild West story of the cryptos for a while. Is there something on the horizon that will put more regulatory stops on, on crypto companies, or is that kind of the whole point of crypto is like, we can do whatever we want.
1: It is the whole point. It, It was to be not part of any government organization, but I think in order for the cryptocurrency markets to thrive in the wake of FTX, there is going to need to be some regulatory oversight so that investors have some confidence in the cryptocurrency markets. What what happened with FTX uh, was that there was a very small group of inexperienced management and almost a total absence of internal controls. Uh, These were all young people in their 20s, which are great innovators. And they were very smart mathematicians, coders, uh, but they were very, at the same time, inexperienced. And when FTX declared bankruptcy, Sam Bankman-Fried was removed as CEO and a lawyer who is sort of an e- expert in, um, in, in restructuring companies that are in bankruptcy named John J. Ray. Mm-hmm. He was appointed as CEO and he got a look at what was going on inside of FTX. And he said that corporate control was, quote, a complete failure. And the FTX situation was unprecedented based on the concentration of control in that small group of young, inexperienced, unsophisticated individuals.
2: So this was kind of like the frat house and their girlfriends starting this company. And correct. I mean, it was kind of all of his pals and his girlfriend. And
1: that's right. It it, it was a a group of people that were uh, close to Sam Bankman free that he had either known from. Growing up with them, from math camp, from going to college with them, or from working at a regular trading firm in Wall Street, which Sam Bankman Free did before he founded Alameda Research. And that Wall Street trading firm is where he met Caroline Ellison, who he eventually became romantically involved with. And he was the co founder of both FTX and Alameda. He was running. FTX as the CEO, and Caroline Ellison was the CEO of Alameda Research. So it was a very interwoven group of people that were operating both of these companies at the same time. And that led to a lot of these conflicts that led to the bankruptcy.
2: Right. So throw up a curtain, we'll put on a play kind of operation. So it looks like SPF is no longer going to be known as that. Uh, if things keep going, he's going to be known by a number, I assume. So kind of after your girlfriend turns on you and all your friends, it kind of feels like it's a done deal. And so what will happen to Sam and his bail got revoked? That can't look good to a jury.
1: Right. His his bail got revoked because he was attempting to influence Witnesses such as Caroline Ellison and other executives at FTX and Alameda, in what they would testify to in the uh, his trial, as well as their own decisions to plead guilty to charges of wire fraud and money laundering. So that is why the bail got revoked, and the defense that Sam bankman freed has and his lawyers uh, appear to be asserting was that this was just really a bad case of negligence by him and it wasn't intentional fraud so his friends and his ex-girlfriend that were all executives at these companies are testifying that he did in fact intend to engage in a lot of this serious misconduct and that he directed them to do things Such as use the FTX customer money to pay creditors of Alameda, even after it became clear that FTX wouldn't be able to get the customer money back to uh, its its investors, to Mm -hmm. its own customers. Uh, They spent, uh, he he directed, according to testimony, uh, about $8 billion in spending on things like real estate, uh, venture capital investments, campaign donations, uh, celebrity endorsement deals with people like Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Giselle Bunchin, Larry David, and even a little tie-in to here in Miami, the sponsorship of the Miami Heats arena, which was called FTX arena until it wasn't. Right. Um, and that that was a $250 million deal. So this was all money that was going from FTX to Alameda and was just being spent in a wildly uh, unsupervised way.
2: Reckless. Not exactly couch change we're talking about.
1: Reckless is exactly right.
2: Wow. So it feels like there is really nothing left but the sentence, like from everything you've told us, like there is not much hope for... Mr. Sam, to walk away from the sun's cave?
1: So we're in the third week of the trial. The prosecution has said they, they might rest their case as soon as next week, by October 26th. And there has been some pretty damning evidence from these executives at Sam Bankman Fried's companies that have already pleaded guilty and are cooperating with the government. His entire defense at this point seems to be resting on a couple of things. One of them is that this was a case of negligence, not intentional fraud, which has been pretty successfully undermined by the testimony that the prosecution has has presented. And then another factor here, because you mentioned sentencing, is that there is this bankruptcy proceeding that's happening at the same time as the criminal trial. And the person that's in charge of reorganizing the company and the FTX debtors, as they are called, have done a really successful job of gathering assets. So the latest report was that they have gathered uh, $7 billion in, in assets that will be used in the bankruptcy proceeding to pay back creditors first, and then to pay back customers. So if the creditors and the customers eventually get repaid, then the argument at sentencing could be no harm, no foul. But the latest reports indicate that the customers are only going to get about 37% of their losses back. So, so they're, less than 40 cents on a dollar. Less than 40 cents on the dollar. That's still Massive losses to to, to customers. Mm-hmm. And it was a result of pretty serious wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. So it won't matter in terms of whether he's guilty or not that the bankruptcy uh proceeding has resulted in this recovery for for creditors, but the lawyers may use that to argue for a, a lighter sentence.
2: Right. But they're not made made whole. That's right. Anything in closing? Well,
1: I think that I would uh, go back to the, the testimony of uh, Caroline Ellison last week. Where. She testified that when Sam Bankman Freed told her to use the uh, billions of dollars in customer front funds from FTX customers to pay off Alameda's creditors instead of returning it to FTX. That quote, I thought that was wrong.
2: I mean, she pretty much said he did everything wrong and he was bad in bed, too.
1: That's right. But she didn't say no and she didn't resign. But I agree with her. I think it was wrong, too. I think that there was uh, serious misconduct here. Mm hmm. And I think there will be serious consequences to Sam Bankman-Fried for his wrongdoing.
2: Great. Thanks so much for explaining this. You bet.
1: Anytime.
0: All right. See you around. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for The Explainer and a whole new season of Explaining. If you enjoy our show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at, the explainer at Miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Rady Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Ugez. This week's episode is brought to you by the White and Case International Arbitration Lecture with Claudia Salomon, President of the International Chamber of Commerce International Court of Arbitration, November 15th. For more information, visit www.law.miami.edu.